TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back to Sabres Live here on WGR 550 Radio Only. Today, thank you to Jordan LaBarber, Sabres.com, for uh, joining along yesterday and today. Uh, And uh, Darren Drager had some good stuff yesterday, as he always does on Thursday. But as we always do on Friday, we have Shayna Goldman from The Athletic joining us here. Shayna, are you exhausted from all the (laughs) hockey that was going on last night? I'm fired up from it. I think some nights it feels like the NHL is just throwing up games at us. But last night, I don't know. It it kind of all clicked for me. Okay. Well, before we get to what happened last night, a couple of big uh, off-the-ice signings and trades happened. So Samuel Montembeau, the Montreal Canadiens, was announced this morning. He signs a three-year extension at $3.15 million a year. Um, When you first saw that, what was your initial reaction to the contract does it have trade protection because i'm kind of curious what they do with their three goalie situation if i'm montreal i see the value of trading jake allen i see the value of keeping sam montembeau and kaden primo and rolling with that tandem i like how montembeau handles the chaos in front of him that the canadians provide but he's the one that gets you more in trade value in my opinion so i would be looking to move him if you think primo is the goal of your future and allen can be your backup but I mean, this contract is movable if they want it to be, but I think it's a really savvy deal for them if they keep him around. I thought it was a bargain for the Montreal Canadiens. I actually heard that Montembeau was seeking somewhere in the four and a half to $5 million, and that's probably why they were keeping three goalies for the longest time, and they still have three goalies, is that they didn't know if they were able going to be able to sign them. Now they do at 3.15. I think it's a bargain. I really like Samuel Montembeau, but I like what you're thinking. Who gets moved now in Montreal? I've been saying Jake Allen needs to go because teams are going to want his experience. And maybe it's Edmonton, maybe it's New Jersey. But now you're thinking Kenzie Blackwood could get into the conversation and a trade. Peter Mrazek could as well. Um, But there was also a trade. The Calgary Flames traded Nikita Zadorov to the Canucks for a third and a fifth rounder. What are the Canucks getting in Zadorov and was that a fair trade? Like, if you were the commissioner, would you have nixed the trade because it's just a third and a fifth round pick? No, I let the trade happen because I look at that and I think I used, in my mind, Luke Shen as like the gauge for what this right. should cost. And a third round pick, I feel like, is fair. And if you were asking for a team to retain salary, then it's like a different conversation, right? Then you have to juice them for everything that you can. But 
if I'm Vancouver, I'm excited that you're getting this high event defenseman. Like he's a, he's a shutdown defenseman. He has an old school vibe. He's super physical. The one drawback is that he takes a lot of penalties and you want him on your penalty kill and yeah. Vancouver's penalty kill isn't great. And the other funky part of it is that like he's a left-handed shot and he's someone who can play the right technically, but generally doesn't. So Carson Soucy's a lefty. This comes in as an injury replacement, but when he's healthy, you have a lot of left-handed players. So as a coaching staff, you have to be feel super confident that you know you're okay shifting guys to the right. And some coaches are super willing to do that and don't care about handedness and others do. So we'll st- I, they must know talk it's willing to, right? Otherwise, why yeah. would you make the deal? But if I'm the Flames, I don't get the cost. You know, like other teams might have been in the mix like Toronto and we knew that, but they would have needed salary retention here, which, you know, would have raised the cost for Calgary and maybe didn't make sense for Toronto when there's other options available like a Sean Walker. Mm -hmm. But I just look at it and go, why, why not get a better return now? If you're the Flames, there's no rush to do it unless you really want to change the vibe of the locker room and you don't want players who don't want to be there. But it felt like they rushed it when they could have tried to get a little bit more back for him. Like, that could have been the deadline price and someone got him for a third of the season versus three quarters of the season for such a low price. Yeah. And plus the Calgary Flames were not in a very invaluable position because the door wanted out. So maybe they just decided to make the deal now, but Craig Conroy, the GM of the Flames, says, well, we got cap flexibility now and we can call up some younger players. That's basically their victory. (laughs) I mean, it's not a big victory when you trade a big player that was most likely going to be in higher demand later in the season and you make the deal right now. But it is what it is. That's why we get to play, uh, you know, the game on the radio sometime and on TV and uh, and not in the boardroom. Um, This, that, or the other thing, which was the most likely hat trick to happen last night? Mitch Marner... (laughs) who struggled to score goals and had to wear the big bubble visor on, which we know is an adjustment. Tom Wilson or Connor Dewar with the Minnesota Wild. This, that, or the other thing, which is the most likely hat trick? Mitch Marner's has to be this. And you know why he scored it? It's in spite of me specifically. He wanted to ruin my night. I was working on, you know, my monthly vibe check and I ended up writing it later in the day than I intended. And I had just finished Marner's section about how he slowed down into the month of November. And if you look at it, uh, he had his best game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was like November 6th or 8th. And after that, his play has really dropped off. Like his average game score is negative. It's one of the worst on the team in, in that span of games. And if you go further, the difference of his game score is really that he's not getting the points in November versus October when his play below the surface was actually a little bit suspect too. And he's just not driving play after it was like game five. And I finished the section and he scored his first goal. So I'm like, I'm not changing the section. Like this is here. It's staying. I don't care if he scores a goal. (laughs) So he scores two more plus the game winner in the shootout has one of his best games of the season. So I don't know. Thank, thank you, Mitch. I, I'd like to take credit for inspiring him. Well, I think that uh, Mitch would be in the know, being active on social media and all. He probably saw the post and was like, I'm going to uh, let everyone know that I can still do it. Now, you talk about social media, a pretty good picture in the locker room after the game where he's got that you know, boxing belt or wrestling belt, but he still has the helmet and the bubble on. Like, he's just... So he's going to keep wearing that thing forever now because it worked. Um... You know, had tricks last night, but there was also a goalie goal in the NHL. Only the fourth one, well, I say only the fourth one, in the last 10 <laughs> years. We saw Linus Olmark do it last year. Pecorine did it in 2020 and Mike Smith all the way back in 2013. So that's four in the last 10 years. Um, 
were you surprised when you saw Tristan Jari trying to score or at least shoot it all the way down the ice to uh, try to get a goal in the empty net? I'm a little surprised anytime a goalie attempts it, but then again, it feels like the Penguins this year, that's kind of their vibe. They had Nadalkovich yeah. doing it at the AHL level, and it's not like it's something you see every day. But the numbers do tell you in that situation, like, do you go try to just clear the puck or do you try to just aim for the empty net? And the numbers tell you aim for the empty net. It's the gutsier play. Yes, there's risk to it, especially if you have like a giveaway right on the spot. But if you want to try to just clear down the ice, go off. And the fact that goalies are being so bold, I'm here for it. I love it. I love the chaos. Like, did you ever in your mind think I'm going to score a goal as a goalie? Like, did you ever attempt it? So I tried it in juniors, but our sticks were so different. We could barely get it to center ice, right? If we got it to the neutral zone in the air, we're like, yes, I cleared our <laughs> own zone. Now the goalies with their sticks, they can shoot it. Like he shot it 17 feet in the air and 155 feet down the ice. He got it all the way down to the ash marks in the Tampa zone. Like that's how far he got it. And you think of Marty Brodeur scoring a goal. He barely gets it to center ice. Ron Ekstahl scoring a goal. He barely gets it to center ice. So totally different. Um, Jari had already scored a goal in Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the AHL a few years back. So he's good at playing the puck. He knows how to do it. But what I noticed yesterday when he shot the puck is he did a little bit of a Sidney Crosby, the one leg down. The one like, leg down, The yeah. one leg down. He gave it everything he had to go with the one leg down, which was... Very typical of a Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> player scoring a goal, right? He knew it. It looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. He was like inspired by Crosby. Exactly what I thought when he went like this was not I'm just going to try to clear it. Like he knew he was going for that goal. Like I wonder how much goalies try for that. I, we see like Igor Shostakovich in practice trying for the empty net, you know, and practicing shooting it down the yeah. ice. Now it's part of the all-star game. But I wonder like how how much he does practice that, how much he watches the shooters and goes like, I'm going to emulate that for my own attempts. He said he actually looked at maybe just getting in the neutral zone off the glass, but then he saw the middle of the ice open. I blame the dumb pins. And I remember Reggie Lumlin was a goalie with the Boston Bruins when Ron Stahl scored his first goal. And he was like, Our team was so dumb. They tried to dump it in on the goalie. Ekstahl put it down, shot it out of the zone. And then we did it again. We dumped it on the goalie. He put it down and scored a goal. Like if you know the other team's goalie can handle the puck that well, why are you shooting it anywhere near the goalie? <laughs> He's going to turn around and fire it right over your head. And it's going to be down in maybe in your zone, maybe an icing or maybe a goal. Like I just, I blame the dump ins. And that, that to me will always be, what I'm going to go about. Um, these two players here, Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes, well, Quinn Hughes as well. They don't dump, dump the puck in often. They like to have the puck. They like to make plays. How cool was it to see Jack passing it to Luke in overtime for Luke Hughes to score the goal? And the celebration by Luke Hughes, he kind of did a, uh, a theater salute, right? He put his one arm <laughs> in front of him and bowed to the crowd. Like, how cool was that from the Devils to, uh, to have Jack and Luke connect on overtime? It's so cool. And, you know, like you never know how it's going to go when siblings play on the same team. Like, are you going to have the next Henrik and Daniel Sedin? Like, not everybody can necessarily pull that off. Like, Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl couldn't together. Yeah. Um, but then you see these two, you know, there's clearly chemistry there in their minutes together. Then you see them on the power play together and how much they thrive. And, you know, the same's true at even strength. So to see him in overtime be that pairing 
it's as ideal as you can be. And the fact that like you're the devils, you have multiple defensemen you can throw out there. You can go Dougie Hamilton and it's a slam dunk, or you can go Luke Hughes definitely helps. But to have those two on the ice at the same time, it just adds something even more special to the skill that they already bring. And for this game specifically, like I didn't think Luke Hughes was going to return. The fact that he did and made such an impact, like that's such a moment for the two of them. Yeah, he got hammered from behind by Garnet Hathaway. Uh, and Luke Hughes in the postgame says, oh, I got to be better in protecting myself. I'm like, dude, like, even if you protected yourself, this guy <laughs> crushed you from behind, like almost head first into the board. That was a dangerous play. It actually was a five-minute and a game misconduct, a match penalty um, that, uh, you know, Hathaway had to leave. Um, Minnesota Wild. They're now 2-0 under John Hines. They won 6-1 against the Nashville Predators. Nashville is going to be in Buffalo Sunday. Uh, UC Soros got pulled. But then Pat Maroon says after the game, oh, things are so much different now with John Hines as a coach. Like, we feel like it's, you know, we play better or whatnot. I don't have the quote exactly. But how how can a coach really affect and change the mood that much in two games? I wouldn't think so. I mean, maybe the players feel it differently because they're like, oh, we got our coach fired. Now we need to pick it up. Like, is that the vibe? I don't know. It's not the coach I would have picked if I were management. No. I mean, it fits with their patterns. The Wild, who love what they know and only what they know. And if Bill Guerin likes something, he's just going to throw money at it and keep it around long term. Like, that's his vibe. And this is someone he's worked with before. But it, it's it's so wild when a team would, literally wild, when a team would make such a statement so quickly on, you know, oh, yeah, everything everything's great. We're all different now. Like, it's been a minute. You've had one full practice. But like, okay, sure. I mean, yeah. your coach basically got fired because your goaltender has had one of the worst year-to-year -year swings of any goalies in the league and your mm -hmm. penalty kill fell apart. I mean, should that be the conversation? Or like, or, I don't know if players like, we don't want to put it on the goaltender. We need to be better as a whole. That's good, a good attitude to have. But to think uh, the vibes of a coaching change can impact you that quickly. Who knew? More teams should be trying them out all the time, I guess. Yeah. Pat Maroon's exact quote was, we're a complete different team right now. Um, I don't know if it's just compete level, if it's just like you went to bed early because you feel like you're <laughs> responsible. So instead of being, uh, you know, staying up late and watching TV, you went to bed early. I don't know, but I'm surprised by the wild. I didn't think they were a bad team. They just were getting terrible goaltending, as you pointed out. So maybe they can salvage and, and you know, make a, a difference, maybe a push. They're still six points back of a wild card spot in the Western Conference. So still a long way to go. Uh, a team that is in a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference is the Washington Capitals. They went into L.A., and beat the LA Kings. And then on back-to-back -back nights, they beat the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who are down in a very bad uh, situation right now. I think lost seven in a row. Um, are the Capitals for real? Should we now worry about the Capitals being a playoff contender? I'm not worried yet. Like, I feel like the Metropolitan Division has been kind of weird this season so far. Like, we're seeing yeah. underperformances from the Devils, and a lot of that has to do with, like, bad shooting and goaltending. The Islanders are inconsistent. Um Everybody outside the Rangers kind of has had a lot of bumps to deal with. Like the Penguins have had their issues. Their power play is a total wreck. So I think Washington's being opportunistic right now, as are the Flyers, which is great and wonderful. I think the goaltending's been really good. Like Charlie Lindgren has seriously stepped up yeah. when Kemper was out, and he's forcing the team to keep playing him in like a more even rotation than I think we would have anticipated. But I mean, it's nice for them 
that this is more than just chasing milestones for Ovechkin right now and that there's a little bit more going on. I just can't see it lasting considering the fact that their core is kind of old. So I think that their play is going to decline as the year goes on. And two, I'm still underwhelmed by this roster as a whole. You know, I think that they went bright and interesting with their coaching pick, but everything else is kind of lackluster. Maybe the fact that like Nick Backstrom stepped back because, you know, the foot speed just wasn't there is helping them in a way, which is sad, but like the truth. But I, I don't see the Capitals being a playoff team down the stretch unless it's second wild card spot. Okay, well, if they get the type of goaltending that they've been getting with Charlie Lindgren, maybe they can steal a few more games and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they get energized and they're a completely different team because of that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's the quote of the year and everybody should use it. Um, I didn't ask you about the Sabres because we talked about it a lot in the first segment, but I kind of feel like I got to touch on it just a little bit. They lose 6-4 to St. Louis. They controlled the expected goals, the shot attempts, the shots, the high danger chances. Um, was it just one of those cases where you you miss some glorious opportunities and the numbers should you know reward you at some point? And it's one of those games where you lose St. Louis, but play the same thing, same game against Carolina, and you're going to win. Yeah, like I liked how they played against the Rangers. I thought that they were much better than I expected them to be. Um, and we saw it really a five on five and we saw the top two lines pick up the pace the way that you want to see them do. The Blues are a weird team. I feel like it's it's really challenging. They're so hit or miss. I feel like they're either crushing it or they're falling apart. There's yeah. no in between. Like they're not as good defensively and the goaltending was really good in handling that. And then they weren't. Now they are again. Like it's just all over the place. If the Blues don't get power plays, maybe you have a shot. And, you know, they have a first line that's clicking now with Jake Neighbors playing with Buchnevich and Robert Thomas. But I'm so underwhelmed by them as a whole. So I think you you can't just use the one game and think that you have to change everything. It's just kind of keep with it and see what happens. Like see if Lukanen, you know, bounces back from this. He's had such a good start to the year so far that he's earned a starting role. Like make sure that this he can shake off this loss. And I think they'll be fine. I just I have a hard time like measuring any team against the Blues. Like we see them kill teams like Tampa and yep. Colorado out Colorado. of nowhere and then get crushed by the Sharks. Like there's no in between with them. So I I don't think it's this is the game you could use to say, okay, we have to turn everything around. Like just kind of keep it up and see what happens against a team like the Canes that you know they have such uh, an identity and such a system that you should know how to match up against them or have it, have an idea because it's not like they're totally different from years past. Well, Shana, as always, uh, great insight and uh, love going around the NHL and all the crazy, goofy things that happened last night. And it can continue to happen. A busy weekend here in Buffalo with the Sabres playing Carolina tomorrow night and then hosting the Nashville Predators on Sunday. As always, we love having you on Friday. Thank you and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Shana Goldman from The Athletic was uh, just, again, a superstar on our show. And we'll take a short break here on Sabres Live. We'll be right back to wrap it up here on this rainy Friday in Western New York. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.